The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Marine and the Hippie, Season 2, Dialogue Number 18. Today we're talking about the Band-Aid for the Gusher. In Dylan's terms, I would have used the word hemorrhage, but I think gusher is probably a little bit more evocative. Uh, If you can imagine a geyser of blood in a movie, say, uh, Evil Dead 2 or something like that, where you get a cut and it's like, blast you in the face with the fire holes. It's only a flash wound. It's only a flash wound. In our society, we tend to look at problems that are that are hemorrhaging out of control. And we like to try to apply band-aids to those problems because it's too, uh, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why we do that, but it seems like it's too difficult for us to imagine a solution that actually cures the problem that we have in our society as opposed to just treating the symptoms of the problem. Before the show, we were talking about a number of different topics, uh, and one of them that we came down to was the gun debate, which we were talking about on a couple episodes ago, uh, guns, guns, guns. And uh, the idea here is that, you know, as Dylan mentions uh, on a number of occasions, I think Dylan's a huge proponent of this. I also agree with with, uh, this proposition is that part like the biggest problem that we have in this country right now is a lack of adequate health care and especially mental health care uh so you have a bunch of crazy people going and getting a, a bunch of weapons and then killing a bunch of people in schools because same people don't usually resolve their issues with society like that they they do other things they refuse to pay their bills they sit at home and sulk they write nasty tweets on Twitter or whatever the case may be. But occasionally you get a guy with a mental health issue going and acquiring a firearm and going up to a school and shooting 19 or 21 people in the school. And that is an individual mental health problem. But the one thing I want to sort of make sure that we pay attention to is that the mental health crisis that we have in this country is merely a symptom of a larger problem, a much sicker society on a systemic level where, you know, the the problem here is not the individual. The individual is the result of the problem. The individual is the symptom of the problem. It's it's a sign that there is a problem in our society. But the problem itself is systemic. And if you give that one kid all the mental health resources you could possibly find for him to prevent him from going into a school and shooting up 21 people, you'll save exactly 21 people. It won't stop the next kid from going in and, and, and shooting up the school for whatever reason. And so I think that you know, a lot of the problems that we have in our society, whether it be the tendency for some individuals to shoot up schools or the tendency for some individuals to prey upon workers and steal wages and, uh, and, and you know, get unimaginably be rich on the backs of the sweat and the toil of other people, or if you have a society that's willing to, you know, uh, incarcerate black people at a rate of 27 times uh, per, per annum or per capita, the rate of white people. I mean, all of these things point to a very sick and very, you know, messed up society that we are unwilling to actually deal with simply because of the fact that maybe we lack imagination or we lack the political will or whatever to make the changes that are absolutely necessary to resolve a lot of the problems that we face in society. Dylan? And the primary systemic problem one of the big systemic problems is, that, is how we view politics. We, we're taught to view politics as like a, it's like a, I don't know, like an NBA game. It's like our team versus their team. And that's how they talk to us, and that's how we, we talk to each other about that. 
it's it's Hillary versus Trump, it's Trump versus Biden, it's Biden versus whomever coming up in 2024. But we're not looking at it as the whole, and the whole that and that's a systemic problem because they are the whole. They are the government. They are the people whose job it is is to come up with the solutions that meet the needs of all of us instead of fight and bicker to, and make it and and enable each each other to do nothing except pad their pockets and generate more wealth for themselves. They have great medical, they have great retirement, they have great homes, they have great cars, they have great tailors, they get blowjobs from hookers whenever they want, or whatever their sexuality is. Coke orgies, as that one guy said. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever they want to do, they do, because they have the ability and the freedom to do it, because they're making the laws. I mean, we can even look at the Maxwell fiasco joke. I mean, she's got the little black book of the lawmakers who are make with a list of all the lawmakers who are making the laws, and we're wondering why we're not finding out what's in the little black book. Little black book. It's because she would incriminate the people who would be pro- she, who would be prosecuting her. It doesn't make sense. They're not going to allow that. They're not going to do it. It's just going to be swept under the table. Why? Because we have a systemic issue, a systemic problem, and that systemic problem is that we've lost the ability to communicate with each other in a critical way. And we used to call that criticism. And I'm going to give a quick story, if you don't mind, Doc. When I was when I was surfing in Morocco, it drove me nuts the first couple of weeks that I was there because I would get out of the water and somebody would just walk up to me and be like, dude, man, if you drop your shoulder, you get a better ride or drop your left knee or this is what you're doing wrong. And I was like, fuck, I just want to have a good time surfing. But then I'd like go out and like I drop my shoulder or I'd like bend my knee a little bit more. And I was like, wow, I'm actually having more fun surfing because they're giving me criticism to make things better. And what we've done is we've kind of lost that ability. We've lost that ability to comfortably criticize somebody and be critical of the system to to move forward. Instead, we're always like on eggshells with each other. If I say something bad about, if I say something wrong, you're going to like punch me, you're going to take out a gun and shoot me, or you're just going to call me something that I don't feel like I am. And that's one of the things that we we're talking about pre-show was this idea of like, of racism. You know, I don't believe myself to be a racist. I don't think in my heart of hearts, I am a racist. But I'm sure as somebody who's not, well, a PhD in racist theory, some of the shit I say is racist. Does that make me a racist? No, it means that I'm a human and I make mistakes. The air is human. So the problem is that I'm not being criticized. I'm not having somebody come up to me and saying, dude, drop your knee, throw your shoulder, be easier. Instead, I'm having somebody come up to me and yell, yell and scream in my face, you're racist. No, I'm not, man. I'm not. I just make mistakes. We come back. Season two, dialogue 18. The Band-Aid on the Gusher. Hey, this is Dylan with The Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie. Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Marine and the Hippie. This is Season 2, Dialogue Number 18, The Band-Aid and the Gusher. Uh, just to evoke, evoke some more, you know, graphic memories. Think of drinking from the fire hose, but make it bloody. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were talking about racism before we left. And, you know, it's possible to be accused of being a racist for anything. Uh, you know, in a lot of people's minds, every single thing that, that you and I would do is racist. I'm not complaining about any of that stuff. 
that's what people think. That's what they're going to think. You know, it's not, you know, what I'm talking about is trying to figure out a solution to this, this whole system here, this whole situation. I mean, how many times have you, Dylan, been on Twitter and seen some politician, like say, let's take AOC. She's a punching bag today. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to get on her case for, for things that she really has no control over. I mean, she's one of 535 members of Congress. Um, uh, but at any rate, she'll get on to Twitter or Joe Biden or someone will get on Twitter and say, you know, it's time that we, you know, start trying to, you know, address the student loan crisis. It's time that we do that right now. Let's get let's get there and do it right. Let's do, go take action on this right now. Or they'll criticize something that the government is doing and say something like, oh, this government refuses to pass a gun safety legislation or whatever the case may be. And I'm like reading that going, you know what, man, you're the fucking government. You know, if you want to do it, if you really think that we need to do it, then do it. That's your job. That's what you get paid like $200,000 a year to do. That's literally what you get paid like $3,000 a day in government to do. So do that. Don't waste your time on Twitter complaining about how you're how it's not getting done. Go do it. You're the people that are supposed to be doing it. And it just frustrates the shit out of me that the people who are supposed to be coming up with these solutions are not. They're they're wasting their time on Twitter complaining about it rather than actually doing anything. Dylan? That is your profession. Literally. That is their profession. It is their job. It is their duty. That's their one that. job. They have one you job. Would, <laughs> if you hired a plumber to fix your a leaky fucking faucet and it was still leaky, you would, you would not only fire the plumber, you would sue the plumber. But in America, we accept it as like, oh, this is how politicians do shit. They, they just don't do anything and we pay them lots of money to do nothing and to not fix the leak. But the leak is clearly there. The leaks are clearly there. Things are clearly broken and nobody's fixing them. No, like, yeah, this, some, is, the, to, to, this to, is the best one on Twitter today. The best one. Hang, Sorry. hang on a second, Dylan. To, 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 to slightly amend your, your analogy here before you get into the best one. It's like the plumber coming to your house, staring at your pipe for about three minutes and saying it's broken and then leaving and making you pay for his expert opinion that it's fucking broken. He's not even touching the thing. He's not trying to fix it. He's just pointing out to you the fact that it's broken. Well, he's the fucking plumber. It's his job to fix the goddamn pipe. And that's what you're paying him for. But he just comes there and says, oh, it looks like your pipe's broken and then leaving and taking your money. Please. The best one on Twitter today. Let's hear it. Yeah, the best one on Twitter today that gets like that gives me like gets me anxious and gives me anxiety is like is this this price of gas crazy you know it's Joe Biden's fault for the price of gas well first of all let let's be clear I graduated in high school in 1990 and in 1991 people were talking to me in class in school about well renewable energies number one but also like alternative means of transportation. So our reliance on the on the automobile is also the systemic problem to the gas prices because we don't have in many places there are no alternatives to be able to get around from A to B from where you have to go in a, in a timely fashion because it's not possible and because it's not possible the system is broken we can we can talk about like the price of gas and whatever it is but that's not the problem the problem is our, our our reliance on the automobile. Whether you like them or not, it's 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 irrelevant. It's the fact that you can't get on a train close enough to your home by bicycle or by walking or by driving your car to a parking lot and and get an affordable 
means of transportation on a clean train or a clean bus or a clean tram or a clean boat or a clean whatever to get you to and to and from work or to and from the mall for your day of shopping or whatever whatever the heck you're doing. That's the problem. But these guys are making it about the gas. It's not about the gas. The gas is going to run out. One, period. That's a fact. And this is a perfect example, Dylan, of the the thesis that we started with that people want to find an individual-based solution for a systemic problem. The systemic problem is the fact that there's not good, reliable, alternative transportation means in society because our society never built them. Our society doesn't want them. But at the same time, we are asked as individuals to help resolve the problem. The same with recycling. The fact is, is we pollute the environment on a day-to-day basis in such a manner that it is impossible for individuals to actually resolve the problem. You can recycle every single pop bottle you ever drink, and it ain't going to put a dent in the fact that there are millions of tons of plastic currently floating in the ocean. Yes, you might make a tiny little bit of difference to that, and if everyone just pitched in and we all just did the same thing, maybe we can change this thing. Now, that's bullshit. The fact is, if you want a systemic solution to the problem, you outlaw fucking plastics, period. You make it so there's no plastics in the ocean by getting rid of the goddamn plastics. You want a systemic problem, a systemic solution to the systemic problem of the fact that our gas is too expensive. You outlaw internal combustion engines and you give everyone goddamn electric cars. You know, when Joe Biden was saying that everybody should change to electric cars, that idea itself in our current uh, environment, in our current milieu uh, is ridiculous. Because out, because electric cars are too expensive for the vast majority of the population to operate. Not only are they too expensive, we also don't have clean, reliable methods of, of uh, charging up the batteries that don't pollute the environment as much as fossil fuels. Because all of our electrical power plants are fossil fuel power plants. And so we're actually generating the power based on fossil fuels to put in our electric cars. So that, that solution to the problem is ridiculous. But if we had a society which was dedicated to, you know, alternative fuel methods and things like this, you know, then that solution would actually be a good solution that wouldn't require individuals to, you know, have to put out, uh, you know, three or four years of their goddamn salary to get a freaking Tesla. And we wouldn't be polluting the environment as we're charging up our electrical cars. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after this break when we fin- finish up talking about the, the uh, bandit on the gusher. trying to find systemic solutions to systemic problems rather than relying on individuals here on Marine and the Hippie Season 2 Dialogue 18. Hey, this is Doc. Uh, You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie, and I am the Marine. Welcome back to Season 2 Dialogue 18, the Band-Aid and the gusher, blood's going everywhere because we are failing and our and our leadership is failing because we failed because we are we are too indiv- individualistic in our thinking and Doc Doc has kind of nailed it on the head by saying that word a couple of times is this fact that we're not we're not we're not being critical it's like instead we're being like we're being fans it's my team versus their team instead of looking at it as like wait aren't we all on the same fucking team. Because we're in the same nation, and like uh, it's like literally like all of our homeland. Sorry, Native Americans, I get it, but you know, there's like issues. That's that's like another can of worms right there that that we're not going to touch today. But there's all these issues that are like there and that are like bubbling, but we're not like touching any of them because we don't want. Because there might be individuals who want to touch them, but the majority of us are not. The majority of us are saying, "Well, I'm going to touch this one, but not that one." Um, I'm willing to give up. Uh, my Coke, 
my, my soda pop bottles, but I'm not willing to give up my Starbucks straws because, you know, it'll ruin my lipstick. All sorts of stupid shit out there. And as Doc said, ban it. Ban plastic. Ban single-use plastic bottles. Ban plastic bags. Make them illegal to produce. Period. End of the story. But as long as something's produced, it's used. That's how, that's how like, systems work. We're talking about systemic change. If, if there's if there's no plastic bags, you solve the problem. Like, well, my second home is in France. Do they have plastic bags? Yeah, and they're really expensive, but really hard to come by because they're illegal. Or they're they're you have to buy like like a bag that's like two euro. I mean, it's like everyone just walks in with bags because it's changed and everything's set up to get around by. Again, alternative means of transportation. And you're not looked at as a, why are you riding a bicycle, asshole? They're like, oh, you're riding a bicycle because, well, you care about my grandkids' grandkids. That's cool. But no, that's not how society's developed. Society is is, is, is riled up at the bottom, always ready to fight and punch and, and hurt each other because we're sick. And we're sick because we're not getting medicine. And we're not getting medicine because there's no policies that are being put in place that will get us the medicine, that will get it, get our needs met. If our needs are met, society is healthy, period. Look at other countries, Switzerland, Finland, Denmark, parts of France. Look at Hawaii. Lots of places, even, even in the country, little pockets that are, that are healthier because the legislation that's being passed benefits the people who live within that community. But we don't do that as a nation because, well, I'm not stupid. Doc's not stupid. We can see it, but we have no power. It's the people who have the power who are not who are not acting, and because they're not acting, we're not getting any change. And I think that this this also goes back to the unwillingness of us to see our own individual healthcare as part of society. You know, I I think that if we all are are healthier, you know, if we all are both physically and mental mentally healthier, if we all you know had good nutrition, for example, and that was all we had access to was good nutrition. We would have so uh, so much less burden on all society to resolve the health crisis that are caused by eating rotten, terrible food. But we don't see that aspect of it. All we see is you're taking away my my sugar or whatever. You're taking away my the thing that I like. You're making this problem as much as it's a systemic problem in our society, which you know we all live in society because there are some things that we can't do ourselves we can't pave our own roads we can't defend our own nation individually we can't do all a bunch of stuff you know as an individual so we need society but at the same time we place this burden on society because we insist that our individual preferences that we be allowed them no matter what that does to everybody around us and this is another thing we we're talking about gay dudes walking around with their slongs hanging out at pride parade you know this it's pride month in the united states we got to acknowledge that you know, it's also Juneteenth today, uh, federal holiday. Um, we're not necessarily going to talk too much about that today, but the idea that a gay dude can walk around with his penis hanging out sort of makes me not want to go to the pride parade. But he's making his individual choice of being nude in public be my problem. And so I just opt to not deal with it. You know, it's the same thing that a person that insists that they have the 64-ounce 
you know, bottle of 64 ounce cup of Coke with a plastic straw that they're going to dump into a landfill, which is going to eventually end up in the ocean and killing all the fish in the ocean. They're making their individual preference be my problem. And this sort of like undermines the whole idea of society. So either we live in a society where we all take care of each other and we all think about each other and think of how our actions affect our neighbors, or we don't live in a society and we just live in a collection of 300 million individual little fiefdoms that we all have to defend on our own. I mean, and it's like, it's like you got to make a choice. You either have one or the other. You can't have both at the same time. You can't have a society that's really highly individualistic and still call it a society because that's not what a society is. Dylan? And please hear this. Whoever is listening, like for, for audience, that's what's coming. Exactly what, what Doc just illustrated. 300 million victims with, without property. Without society, without borders, without without a connection to law or humanity, because we're going to move to a society in which it's shoot first, ask later. Because everyone is going to be armed, everyone is going to be sick, everyone is going to feel as though that their individual freedoms and their families are more important than everyone else's. And that one, the last point, families first. That's the problem because that is true. That's true in the animal kingdom. It's true in humanity. We're always going to put our families first. That's normal. And because of that, what's going to happen is we're going to see that point at the tipping point, And we're moving quickly towards it. The tipping point at which people like me decide to own a gun. I don't want to own a gun. I don't have a desire to kill anyone. I don't desire to have the tool designed to kill anyone in my on my property and in my person. But the day that people like me choose to buy guns, it's not for target practice. It's not to go hunting. It's as, it's as a weapon. It's as a tool to be used as the weapon it was designed for. Period. So that gusher that you're going to try to put a band-aid on, I hope, doesn't come from a bullet wound from my hand. Thanks for listening to Marine and Hippie. Season 2, Dialogue 18, The Band-Aid and the Gusher. Pow! And it appears that it's time to pray in Turkey, so I'm going to sign off now, too. Uh, it's the Marine. And hope you have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time. You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. I'm Dylan. I'm the Hippie from Turkey. And let me just tell you, Kolai Gelsen, may it be easy. Peace. For more information on the Marine, follow Doc at supernova underscore earth on Twitter and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on The Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter, and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.